0: Father, for over 2,000 years we've been celebrating this weekend, and I am still amazed that we can stand in awe, we can reflect, we can pause, we can stop, we can feel overwhelmed with what this weekend represents. And so, Father, until we see you face to face and are able to thank you personally, and Jesus look into your eyes to see your hands and your feet, and to recognize again what it's like to see you face to face until then may we never ever lose the essence of what this night and what this weekend is all about and so as we do pause and reflect and remember you we just ask that you will bless us with your amazing presence and we will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're in this place and we're able to tell you personally how grateful we are for our redemption in your name amen The story goes that when Abraham Lincoln's body was being brought from Washington, D.C. to Illinois to be buried, passed through a northern town and it was carried along the street. They say an African-American woman stood up on the curb as it passed by and lifted her son up as far as she could reach. Above the crowd and she said to her son, take a look, this is the one who died for you. Tonight you and I in these moments together are going to have the opportunity to look at Calvary and we're going to take a look at the one who died for you and I. I don't know if you've ever had a life-changing moment when you are trying to describe what it's like or how you feel, or you're lacking the words to try to express what's going on inside. I feel like that happens every once in a while with the Apostle Paul. One of the things that came to my mind when I thought of that was Ephesians chapter 3 when he said, I, 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 I'm just praying somehow that you together with all of God's holy people can grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that love, that surpasses knowledge. It's almost as if he didn't have enough words to describe the depths of God's love for us. We've all seen quoted, seen it shared a thousand times, John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But there's probably no other point in history where that love is so vividly displayed Or portrayed than when you look at the cross. The word love is only used six times in the first 12 chapters of the Gospel of John and 31 from 13 to 17. Six times in the first 12 chapters and 31 times in just chapters 13 to 17 and demonstrated in countless ways. Take Mary, for example, in John chapter 12. Her love for Jesus was so extravagant and so evident that everyone noticed. Even if they didn't agree with how it was demonstrated, it didn't bother her. may have not been normal. It may have not even seemed proper, but it was love demonstrated. As she poured perfume on the shoulders of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. John identifies her as Mary of Mary and Martha, coming to Lazarus' house to do that in Bethany a few days before the cross. Luke 7 tells of another woman. Two different women who did the exact same thing. The one in Luke 7 is described as a woman who lived a sinful life, who came to a party in the house of a Pharisee. Every time I read her story, the phrase, when you've been forgiven much, you love much, comes to mind. When you really understand the depths of God's love and when you really understand how much we've been forgiven, it is so easy to love and it's so easy to want to demonstrate that in some way. And so both of them did, vastly different from one another, at different times in the ministry of Jesus, but they demonstrated love. Jesus did a similar demonstration just a few days later in the upper room with his disciples. I find it interesting that of all four gospel writers, John is the only one who records the event, the washing of the disciples' feet. I've often wondered why, except that John identifies himself on a regular basis as the one whom Jesus loved, the closest one in that Last Supper setting. And of all the people that were there that night, of all the experiences they had with Jesus, he's the one that remembers this event. John describes it as having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. He got up from the Passover meal, he took off his outer garment, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples. And then the last supper itself. Jesus shared with his disciples the symbols of his love, the bread representing his body, beaten and broken for them and for you and I. Isaiah and Matthew reminds us that by his stripes we are healed. Many have debated down through the ages whether that meant for this life or eternal life, and we both know that Scripture teaches us that it meant both. Healing is available today and certainly promised to us in the future. He doesn't always choose to heal in this life, but many times he does. And then he shared the cup. The promise of forgiveness for our sins, a brand new start. No more reminders of our past from him. Now that's love. When the rest of the world keeps track, when the rest of the world keeps score, when they remind us of our wrongs, the one who should forgives. That's incredible. John tells us they sang a hymn and went out. On the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, he shares with them. Different theologians have different opinions as to when John 14 to 17 was shared. But if you read it, you will find some of the most profound truth and some of the most amazing promises in all of Scripture. One of the only ones, regardless of how many times he predicted it, the only one that knew exactly what was going to take place in the next 48 hours comforts those who are going to be most dismayed by what's going to take place. Classic section of scripture in John 14. In my father's house are many rooms. And I'm I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll come back and receive you unto myself. The promise of an amazing future and the promise that he would always remember them. He promises them his Holy Spirit. He reminds them of how incredibly important it was for them to stay connected to him. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You've got to stay connected to me. I'll do whatever you want, but you've got to stay connected to me. And then he finishes in John 17 by praying for them and for us. Now that's love. I would have been more concerned about what the next 48 hours were going to hold. How painful really is it going to be? If you remember Philippians chapter 2, he gave up his divinity, divinity and took on humanity and never had experienced this kind of event. I would have wondered, how painful is this going to be? I know what I have to do. I know what I have to endure. I know what I'm about to go through, but how painful will it be? And will I make it? Will I be able to get through? But instead of all of those things that would have been naturally running through his mind, he thinks of them and thinks of us. I'm overwhelmed by that. In Gethsemane, it sets his own concerns aside and finishes his prayer three times he goes away and prays and says eventually after knowing what it was going to entail and knowing what it was going to be like and knowing what he would have to endure is there another way i know there's not so it's not my will yours be done he knew that by saying that he's going to pay a horrible price I think the price that really went through his mind and the thoughts that were going through his mind was not necessarily the pain and the agony. One phrase out of the seven phrases on the cross that I think probably held the most weight of all of those phrases and everything he was going to endure is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Knowing that in the midst of all of that, God himself would have to look away. And he literally would face all of this alone. For those few moments, paying the ultimate price for your sin and mine, he knew that somehow God could not endure that and would look away. On the cross, he demonstrates his love in every way imaginable. From his concern for his mother, to his concern to the one beside him, to asking forgiveness for those beneath him. It's hard to fathom this kind of love. Think about it for a moment. The scattering of his disciples the betrayal, the denial of the one who never said he would, having God himself turn his back on him, and knowing that with all of this, his mother had to watch. Incredible love. He left us a reminder of that event. In these two elements that we share tonight, he said, every time you do this, remember me. And so tonight we will. Every time I read that phrase, I've often found myself saying, How could we forget? For those of us in this room, as Justin said a moment ago, we understand what this event is all about. That's why we're here. I just find it fascinating that he said, Every time you do this, remember me. How could we not? And so tonight we do. We're going to sing a hymn, The Old Rugged Cross. And then we're going to sing Rock of Ages. While Rock of Ages is being sung, the communion stores are just automatically going to get up and the elements are going to be passed without any instructions. Then during old the blood, I want you to feel free to partake. Bread then the cup, cup then the bread. Again, without instruction. And then we'll sing. And then I'll close. I just want you, as we said a moment ago, to feel free to reflect on his love, to sing about that love, to partake of the evidences of that love as freely and as intimately as you can in this extremely large setting with all of these that are here. Try to do whatever you can to allow it to be intimate between you and Jesus. As you hold these elements, and then as you share them, help the ones beside you so that everyone can share. And then in your freedom, during those songs, reflect. And partake. How marvelous is your love, oh God? It's almost a question that's hard to answer until this night, until these elements, until we look at the cross and then we recognize how amazing this love is. Sometimes we do feel like Paul. I just wish somehow we could grasp the depths and the heights of this love. And so in this night, as we hold these elements and share these moments, we'll get a glimpse of what it's like.